After Yosef meets his brother Binyamin, the Pasuk describes how by Yemayr Yosef, Yosef hurries, ki nichmeru racham of Elachiv, he's suddenly feeling very strong compassion to his brother. And as the Pasuk goes on to describe how he goes out and he cries. Rashi, in his second Dibra Maschil, on the words Vayichmeru, explains that the word Nichmeru means Nishamemu, that his compassion became heated. Then Rashi goes ahead and he brings three proofs. Ubalash in Mishnah, in the language of the Mishnah, there is an expression, Al Hakoimer Shel Zaysim. This refers to a vessel in which the olives would be put, where they would get warmed and softened so the oil would come out. Ubalash in Arami. In Aramaic, in the Gemara's language, there is Mishum Michmar Bisra. There is a concern about meat becoming warm. So Michmar means becoming warm. Ubimikra, finally Rashi brings another proof from a Pasuk, a Pasuk in Eicha. Oireinu Kesanur Nichmeru, our skin had become heated as if by an oven. Rashi explains that Nichmeru means they became heated and they started getting wrinkled. And then Rashi continues the Pasuk and says, because of the fires or because of the burning hunger. And Rashi concludes and says that this is what happens to any skin when you heat it up, when it becomes warm, when it becomes hot, it will get wrinkled and it will shrink. Says the Rebbe, the fact that Rashi has to bring any sort of proof for his translation that Nichmeru means became heated, well, that's understood because the Ben Chamesh Lemikra is encountering the word for the first time in the Torah, this word Nichmeru. So Rashi needs to explain to us what the word means and bring a proof for it. The question, however, is, number one, why does Rashi need three proofs? Because as it's understood, obviously, and discussed many, many times, that you bring more proofs, it's only when one of those proofs is not enough and the other proofs are somehow complimenting that and helping that out. So in our case, what is the problem with each of these proofs for which you need the other proofs as well? Number two, says the Rebbe, the order in which Rashi brings the proofs. First, Rashi starts off with Mishnah. Then he continues with Loshen Arami. And finally, he says, Ubimikra, which is Psukim. And this seemingly is not understood, completely not understood. Because you'd think that first Rashi would bring a proof from another Pasuk, from Mikra. Especially, says the Rebbe, that in our case, the proof that Rashi brings from another Pasuk seemingly has a much greater advantage. Because the word used in that Pasuk, Oireinu Kesanur Nichmeru, the word Nichmeru is the identical word as in our Pasuk, where the mercy of Yosef was Nichmeru, Ki Nichmeru Rachamov. And then, if need be, then Rashi could add another proof from Lashen Mishnah, and only afterwards a proof from the Gemara in Lashen Arami. The next question the Rebbe asks, and actually the next few questions are going to be similar sorts of questions, and that is the particular example that Rashi brings from each of these. So as far as the first one that Rashi brings from Lashen Mishnah, where as we said, it was from Koimer Shalzeisim, this vessel in which the olives are kept, so this is a Gemara in Baba Metziah. The question is, why doesn't Rashi bring a similar expression? Koimer shel anovim, which is a similar vessel for grapes. And this is a Gemara that's brought earlier on in Shas, and that's a Mesechte Yevamois. The next proof that Rashi brings, Beloshen Harami. So here again, Rashi brings Michmar Bisra, which is a concern about meat becoming warmed. 
of, from Masechta Psachim. And again, here, seemingly, there could have been another proof that Rashi could have brought from an earlier place in the Gemara in Brachos, which is, there it says, Bushle Chamro, which is referring to fruits or dates that were, that are scorched by the sun, that were dried out by the sun. So why doesn't Rashi bring that example? Then the Rebbe says, what about the one that Rashi brings from a Pasuk? Here become, the question becomes even stronger. And the question here is, Rashi brings a Pasuk from Eicha, where the word Nichmeru we find, first of all we find it earlier on in Melochim, as well as in Hoshea. Not only are these earlier in Tanakh, but seemingly it would be much more appropriate as a proof because of the context and the content of what's being discussed over there in those particular cases. Because in those psukim, the word nichmeru is much more similar to what we're talking about in our Pasuk. The Pasuk in Malachim is nichmeru rachameha. This is referring to the compassion being aroused or being heated of a mother for her child. In the Pasuk in Hoshea, it's Hashem saying, nichmeru nichumoy, my remorse has been kindled. In both of these cases, we're speaking about, speaking about emotions, we're speaking about feelings, just like an hour posseg, where by Yosef was discussing, Nichmeru Racham, of his compassion, was heated. As opposed to the posseg that Rashi does bring from Eicha, where the posseg says, Oireinu Kesanur Nichmeru, our skin has become heated, where we're totally, we're speaking about to- something totally different, we're speaking about skin physically becoming heated, rather than an emotion. Now the Rebbe moves on to explore further what Rashi says about that Pasuk and Eicha. So the Pasuk says, Rashi brings, Our skin has become heated like by an oven. Rashi continues and quotes the next part of the Pasuk as well, because of the burning hunger. Now seemingly, this part of the Pasuk is totally irrelevant over here, and therefore it's totally not necessary as part of an explanation or a proof to what we're talking about. Just like by the other proofs that Rashi brings, the one of Lashen Mishnah and Lashen Arami, where Rashi does not con- discuss the context or the continuation of that particular Gemara. The Rebbe says the question that's even more not understood is what Rashi says at the conclusion of his explanation, where he says, Kain derech, this is the way, what happens with every skin, when it becomes heated, it becomes wrinkled and shrinks. How is that relevant at all to what we're talking about? And says the Rebbe, even if Rashi would want to say it, seemingly this should have said earlier on in the Rashi. Rashi first says on the words, Oireinu kesanur nichmeru, our skin has become heated like by an oven. Rashi says it became wrinkled. Right over there, Rashi should have said that skin that becomes heated um, becomes wrinkled and shrinks. Instead, Rashi, after saying, that it became heated, he says it got wrinkles, Rashi first continues with the next part of the Pesach, and then tells us that this, is, that this is what happens to every skin, that when it's heated it becomes wrinkled. Again, seemingly this should have said earlier on in the Rashi. It says the Rebbe, we're going to understand all of this by first explaining Rashi in his previous Nibra Maskal, the one before this. So on the words, Rashi tells us about a certain dialogue that went on between Yosef and Binyamin. And this is what Rashi says. Yosef asks Binyamin, do you have a brother from your mother? So he says, I had a brother. I don't know where he is. Yosef asks, do you have any children? So he says, I have 10 children. Yosef asks, what's their names? 
And Binyamin says, Bela and Becher, etc. Yosef asks, what's the significance of all of these names? Says Binyamin, these are Al-Shem Achi, these are all so-called because of my brother, the Hatsaris and the troubles that had found him. And Rashi goes ahead and explains now the names that, as Binyamin explained them to Yosef. Bela is because he was swallowed up amongst the nations. Becher is because he was the Bechoyer to his mother. And Rashi enumerates and explains all the ten explanations that Binyamin gives for the ten names. And then Rashi concludes, as all of this is stated in Masechta Soita. Finally, Rashi says that after this happened, after this explanation, Miyad immediately, this is when Yosef's emotions of compassion came out. Says the Rebbe, we need to understand. Number one, why does Rashi have to give this whole explanation in this first Dibraham Maschil for the reason that caused of why Yosef's compassion has been aroused before he even explains to us what Nichmeru Rachmav means. Seemingly, the order should have been exactly the other way around. First, Rashi should tell us what's happening in our Pasuk. The Pasuk says Nichmeru Rachmav. So Rashi should tell us what these words Nichmeru Rachmav mean. And then Rashi can start telling us what is the reason why Yosef was feeling these strong feelings of compassion. The Rebbe says some more things that are not understood is, first of all, what was even difficult in the Pasuk, in Pshut Shal Mikra, what was difficult? For which, Rashi needed to start explaining to us that this whole Arichus of the Divrei Chazal, what Chazal tell us, about this whole dialogue, seemingly, the Pasuk seems to be very, very simple. When Yosef sees Binyamin after such a long interruption, after so many years, his very only brother from his mother, and Binyamin also had nothing to do with his sale. So it should be clearly and quite obvious why it is that Yosef is getting all emotional and he's suddenly having these feelings of strong compassion. Says the Rebbe, even if we should say that Rashi has some reason why he wants to bring this, that there was a dialogue between Yosef and Binyamin that led to this compassion, as Chazal tell us, seemingly it would have been enough. Rashi could just start off the story by saying that Yosef starts asking Binyamin about if he has a brother, etc., and just conclude, where we could see all of the details, why is the whole Arichas, this whole lengthy discussion, and explaining every single one of the names, why is that all important for understanding our Pasuk? Or to say this in other words, where is all of this in Pshut Mikra? Rashi is coming to explain to us the Pasuk. How is this all relevant and part of our Pasuk? The Rebbe says another question of the Iker. The Rebbe says a very strong question, a very important question. How are the children of Binyamin, how do they even come into the story over here? The Binyamin, the children of Binyamin is, are first going to be discussed about Binyamin's children is going to be in Parshas Vayigash. Where do we have anything in our story, any mention, any hint to Binyamin's children? And finally, the Rebbe asks about Rashi's concluding comment of miyad nichmeru racham, of immediately his compassion was heated, immediately his compassion was aroused, what's the source for this? The Rebbe says we cannot say it's from the word vayimahir Yosef, because it says Yosef hurried, because Rashi does not quote this in his Dibra Maschal, that's not part of what Rashi is telling us. Says the Rebbe, the explanation in all of this is as follows. The way it seems at first glance is, 
that the reason why Yosef is getting all emotional and he wants to cry is because he's seeing Binyamin. But the Rebbe says we can't actually say that. Because if that's the case, this should have happened immediately and following when Vayar Yosef Itam as Binyamin. Earlier on in the Parsha, right in the beginning of the previous section, it describes how Yosef sees his brothers along with Binyamin. He invites them, he says they should be invited for the meal and so on. It doesn't say over there that he started crying right away when he saw Binyamin. In our Pasuk, it says, Vayimayar Yosef. Yosef is hurrying and crying. So clearly, there's something that brought him to cry immediately, but he didn't cry immediately when he saw Binyamin. He should have at least cried right after when it says, now during the meal, he lifts up his eyes, and Vayar is Binyamin Achiv. He sees his brother Binyamin, Ben Imri, the son of his mother. So this is after the brothers had just come into his house, with Binyamin, again, it doesn't say that he started, that he got all emotional right away. What does the Torah tell us? Even after he saw them, he doesn't start crying right away. First it says, he says to them, Hazachichim, is this your brother? Then there's the following statement. Yosef says, Elikim, Yachnecha Bani. Hashem should be graceful to you, my son. And only then do we find this whole idea of Nichmeru Rachmav suddenly, his compassion is being arised and so on. Aroused. This compassion is being aroused. So says the Rebbe, this itself tell, tells us that it's not the Vayar itself that's just seeing Binyamin that brings out these strong emotions to the extent that he wants to cry. And why is that? Says the Rebbe very, very simply. We're speaking about Yosef over here. We're speaking about someone in power, a Mishnah Lamelech second in command for a very, very long time. As the Pasuk describes that Pari says to him, Ubaladecha, no one will lift a hand or a foot without your permission. Only Paroi's position is higher than Yosef's. So it's quite clear that Yosef was acting in a way of strength, of power, of pride, especially towards his brothers. He was definitely trying to show this sort of um, mode of being in charge and being strict, etc. And so he's definitely not showing emotions these kind of emotions, even when he sees Binyamin, his brother, although of course he has very, very strong feelings, nevertheless, it's quite obvious also that before he reveals himself to his brother, and especially in the presence of other people, so Yosef, as Mishnah Lamelech, is obviously controlling, containing all of that, those feelings, and definitely not showing it to the outside, and as we see that even in our story where his Whereas emotions are already bring, being brought out in a very strong way, he still goes to another room and he cries and so on. Says the Rebbe, this is actually why we don't find in the whole Sedra that Yosef should be expressing any sort of feelings or emotions of these sorts of strong emotions, especially to cry, etc. Although there's no doubt about it that during the whole meeting and encounter and conversation with his brothers, there were quite a number of things that he heard, saw and heard that would have brought out quite strong feelings. For example, when they're speaking about the suffering and pain of their father, etc. But obviously, Yosef is standing strong because of his position. If this is the case, says the but we have to say, from what the psukim tell us, from the flow of the psukim, from the implication of the psukim, there's something else that happened over here, that after Yosef saw Binyamin, and... When it says, Vayoymer, he said that Hashem should be graceful to you, etc. There's something that happened over here that had this impact, such a strong impact, even more than just seeing Binyamin. Now, 
since the Torah seemingly is not telling us explicitly what happened, we have to say that it's somehow connected to these words. It came following these words of Alikim, Hashem should be graceful to you. What do these words mean? Says the Rebbe, that Hashem should be graceful to Binyamin means brachos that Binyamin should get from Hashem and that are connected and are therefore in some way impacting Yosef as well, especially in connection to Binyamin as Yosef's brother, because again, as the Pasuk says, Nichmeru Racham of El Achiv. So somehow these words are hinting to some strong connection and something that impacted him. And this is why Rashi is going to tell us with the whole Arichus, this whole idea of where Yosef asks him, do you have a brother, a brother from your mother? As he says, as the Pasuk just said, that he saw Binyamin Be'achiv ben Imoy. So clearly this is connected to the whole idea that somehow there was a discussion in this relationship. But furthermore, it's not only about Yosef and Binyamin's personal connection, it also has to somehow be connected to Binyamin's brothers. To Binyamin, excuse me, to Binyamin's sons. And why is that? Because of these words, Elikim Yachnechabni. What does Yachnecha mean? So Rashi himself explains right over here that this word Yachnecha is similar to what Yaakov Avinu said when he was speaking to Esav. He said, he spoke about his children. He said, these are the children that Chanan Elikim Esavdecha. These are the children that Hashem very graciously had given me. In other words, so the term Chonan, as Rashi explains on this Pasuk, is really referring to the bracha of children. But again, not just children on their own, just children, Binyamin's children, but again, somehow it needs to be connected to the emotions, to the feelings of brotherliness between Yosef and Binyamin, which will lead to the Nichmru Racham of Al-Ochiv, where suddenly he's having all of these feelings towards his brother. And this is why Rashi says that there was a conversation going on between Yosef and Binyamin, which touched these very feelings in a very, very unusual way, to the extent where, that it had to bring about and impact Yosef, despite the fact that he was acting before with such pride, etc., and that suddenly he's feeling this need to cry. And this is why Rashi starts explaining, and now we'll understand what Rashi is saying, where Yosef asks him, do you have a brother? And do you have children, etc., etc. And exactly the way Binyamin translates and explains the names of each one of these children. Because this word Yachnecha, with all of its details, this is going to be the cause for why Yosef's compassion was aroused in such a strong way. In other words, every detail over here is going to be important to bring out the unusual feeling of brotherliness and feelings of Binyamin, between Binyamin and Yosef. That is, what do we see in these words? What do we see in this conversation? That Binyamin, although he wasn't there at the time of the sale of Yosef, how old was he at the time? He was a small boy at the time. He was no more than about nine or ten years old. And yet, what's Binyamin saying over here? That throughout all of these years, he never stopped thinking about his brother, about his Achiv ben Imoy, his brother, the son of his mother, that is Yosef and all of his troubles, to the extent that he expressed this pain in, in, this, in, in the names of his children in such a powerful way. 
and not only the names of his children, but each and every one of his ten children. When he's naming them, it's for another expression of his deep yearning, his deep pain for his brother. For as, as Rashi says, So that every single time he's going to mention any of these children by name, he's going to remind himself about his brother, Achiv Benimoy. Says the Rebbe, it's only after this we can now understand why Yosef could no longer contain himself, could no longer just be standing there so high and proud. And as Rashi says, Miyad, Nichmeru Rachmav, immediately when he hears all of this, suddenly all of that compassion comes about. Says the Rebbe, and now we can also understand why Rashi first explains with a great arichus the cause for Nichmeru Rachmav of why Yosef was feeling such strong compassion, such strong feelings, before he translates the word Nichmeru for us, which is one of our questions before. Because the Pirush of Nichmeru being heated, and the reason what's, what's forcing us in Pshutesh Mikra to say that, is, 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 that's what's, is only because of this explanation. In other words, like this. Since we have to say that there was some unusual emotion, some unusual thing that happened by Yosef over here, much stronger than just a feeling that was aroused because he saw Binyamin, as we said before. When he saw Binyamin, although he had the feelings, it didn't go to such an extent where he's suddenly expressing all of these feelings and feeling all of this and wanting to run out to cry, etc. Once we understand that, then we understand that the word nichmeru doesn't just mean that his compassion was stirred, his compassion was aroused, or some other sort of expression, but it needs to be that it was heated feelings, very strong emotional feelings. For example, Targum Unklus says on the word nichmeru, says, is goilulu, which means his feelings were moved or something like that. Well, that's a regular sort of arousal of feelings. But it's only based on, in other words, Rashi's translation that Nichmeru has to be some much greater level of feeling emotion. That's what Rashi says, heated. This is only after we understand the previous dialogue that happened between Yosef and Benjamin. And now we're going to understand, oh, now we, now we can see what's going on in our Pasuk, why so strong feelings are coming out. Although, earlier on, Yosef wasn't expressing feelings at all. But Rashi does not suffice with this. Because this idea that, yes, it's true that there had to be some strong feelings being aroused over here, and more than just as the Targum says, is goilalu, just as feelings being moved, etc., that still doesn't mean that the word nichmeru itself specifically is translated anything to do with heat. Or it can possibly be some other sort of translation that expresses strong emotions. And this is why Rashi needs to now start bringing proofs for the word itself. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand why it is that Rashi doesn't bring the proof. The Rebbe said that there's other psukim that seemingly are also saying the word nichmeru in connection to emotions. We said there's a pasuk in Malachim, nichmeru rachameha, the mother's compassion on her child, or nichmeru nichumoi, which is a pasuk in Hesheya. The Rebbe says, it's precisely because those psukim are discussing feelings of the heart, just like our Pasek. That's exactly why it's not an absolute proof and not a clear proof. In, in other words, because we're trying to prove that the word nichmeru specifically has to do with heat. But the only proof, we're gonna, well, the only thing we know now that nichmeru rachamov means, it's a very strong level of feelings. But we still don't know what what the description of that 
of that kind of, of that, of that intensity of the feeling is. So those psukum, although they're speaking about emotions, will also tell us that there's a strong emotion, or that the emotion has been aroused, but it doesn't mean that it means heat specifically. In other words, even if we would say over there, also that it needs to be speaking about a very strong emotion, it still doesn't tell us that the translation has anything to do with heat. Because, in what way would those psukim, force us to use the word heat any more than an hour posik. In fact, the Targum over there as well translates the word Nichmaru as is Goylulu. And this is why Rashi needs to bring the, this, this Lashon, words related to the word Nichmaru, in regards to something else that's not directly speaking only about emotions, because that's actually going to show us that the word Nichmaru is related to the concept of heat. So now let's look at the different proofs that Rashi brings. The first proof that Rashi brings is from Lashon Mishnah. Why does Rashi start off with Lashon Mishnah? Lashon Mishnah is Lashon Kodesh, which is similar, close enough to the Lashon that is used in Psukim. And Rashi says, This is the vessel that's used to put the olives, as we said, where they become heated. So Koymer, this is what the Rebbe is explaining now, that Koymer is this vessel where the olives are being warmed, and therefore we can understand that the word koimer, like nichmeru, has this translation related to heat. What's the problem with this proof? The Rebbe says, why is it not a full proof? Because one could still ask, if we don't find anywhere clearly, directly, that the word koimer is related to heat, then who says that this particular vessel that's being called koimer, where the olives are put in order to become heated, but who says the name of the keli, of this vessel, is so called because of that heat? Maybe that's just the name of the vessel. We put the olives into this particular vessel in order to heat them, but it doesn't mean that the name that the vessel is being called has anything to do with the concept of heat. In other words, not necessarily the word koimer itself is related to the heating process. Says the Rebbe, that's why we need a Narashi needs to bring another proof. And this is Lashen Arami, Aramaic. Michmar Bisra, where the concern is that meat has become warmed. Here we see clearly that Michmar is already a description of something becoming warm. Now, it's Aramaic, but we know that Arami, Loshan Arami, is in some way going to be similar to and connected also to Loshan Mishnah. So that's going to prove to us that when the Mishnah says the word Koimer Shulzeisim, it's related to a concept of heat, just like generally Gemara explains Mishnah, so to Aramaic explains Loshan Kodesh. So in our case, it will tell us that when it said Koimer Shalzeisim, it's not only the name of the Kaili, the Kaili is so called because of the heat that happens in that Kaili. So now the Rebbe goes exploring the other places, Koimer, where we find it in Shas and why that wouldn't have worked. So the Rebbe says, why does Rashi bring this expression, koimer shalzeisim, and not some of the places that say earlier in Shas? So the Rebbe says, that we said before that there's another expression, koimer shel anovim, of grapes. This is a vessel where grapes are kept. And this is a mesechti yavomus. Now, what's the context of the Gemara over there? So the Gemara over there is discussing the idea that when we say the words of a Talmud Chacham, his lips are at that time moving in the grave. And the Gemara says like this, Doivev Sifsei, Hashem makes the lips of those that are asleep, Doivev Sifsei Yeshenim, are moving. So the Gemara says, Kekoimer Shel Anovim, like this Koimer of grapes. 
We're still going to discuss what koimer means, right? We just said it's the vessel where the grapes are kept. So just like the koimer of Anovim says the Gemara, when a person puts his finger there by the grapes, so immediately it starts moving, it starts bubbling. So so too Talmidei Chachamim, we say their words and their lips are moving, etc. Says the Rebbe, so now the word koimer is not, we're not going to be able to prove necessarily that koimer has anything to do with the heat at all. Even with the help of the word michmar bisra, which we said michmar sort of is telling us already that the meat is warmed, but the Rebbe says it's still not a proof for koimer shalanovim, that it means a lotion of heat. Why is that? Because in that particular case, it's possible to say that the keli is being called koimer, not because of the heating process that's happening in the keli, but perhaps it's because in that keli the grapes are being pressed, and therefore the wine is starting to bubble over there and starting, and the, and the grapes are moving. And therefore, maybe that's what the meaning of koimer is. It has nothing to do with heat per se. It's more to do with this idea of pressing the, the grapes and that they're moving and bubbling, etc. Now another Gemara, where it says, Bushle Chamro, which we quoted before, which these are the scorched um, or heated um, figs, dates rather. So the Rebbe says, Mesechta Brachas, Again, so this is not going to be an absolute proof because it, it is being used in, in connection with this idea of heating. But again, it's possible that this is just what we may call the way the tomorrow are being called. In other words, it's just an adjective for these dates, but it's not necessarily a proof, even if it could be used as an adjective for, for heat, for scorched or, he, or, or figs that, be, that were heated. But nevertheless, not necessarily could it also be used in other sorts of ways, for example, as a active verb or a passive verb, as in our case, where we're saying, that his compassion was being heated. And this is why Rashi brings specifically these, these particular proofs. Now, so we so far have the Loshan Mishnah and Loshan Arami. But since Rashi is trying to tell us the word in the Pasuk, Rashi would like to have a proof from the exact same word in the Pasuk as well. Although, as we'll see later, why that proof was not enough. Because after all, the words in the Loshan Mishnah and Loshan Arami were not the identical words to what we have in our Pasuk. And therefore, Rashi brings the following Pasuk from Eicha, as we said, that in Mikra we find the Pasuk, Oireinu kesanur nichmeru. That our skin has become heated like by an oven. And here, according to Rashi, it, again, it means it became heated. Nichmeru means became heated. But, what's the problem with that Pasuk? Why does Rashi not just bring that Pasuk itself? Because the Pasuk, Ayreinu Kesanur Nichmeru, could also have a different translation there. There are some of Farshim that translate the word Nichmeru that it actually became blackened. The word Nichmeru means became black. And this is why Rashi first needs, this is why, Rashi is going to bring the continuation of the Pasuk. Um, and why is that? Because even though it's true that even from hunger it's possible that the skin should become blackened, but since the Pasuk is again, in the end of the Pasuk, in addition to comparing it to an oven before, is saying, which means fire, which means heat, and so on. So, that our skin became whatever it became, 
And Zalafish means heat, so therefore it makes sense in the beginning of the Pasuk, Oireinu Kesanur Nechmeru is also bringing out a similar idea of heat. Says the Rebbe, there's only one problem with this, and now we're going to understand why Rashi has to bring this whole thing of skin becoming creased and wrinkled and shrinking and so on. Says the Rebbe like this, If Oireinu Kesanur Nechmeru would mean just that it became heated, that the skin, the person's skin is becoming hot. So the following question arises. This is a Pasuk and Eicha. It's speaking about the tremendous suffering of the Yidin. How is this idea that the skin is becoming heating, bringing out such tremendous pain and suffering? So Rashi explains that Nichmeru, which, which we say, we are saying means heat, becoming heated, but doesn't only mean becoming heated. It also contains inside of itself the idea that as a result of that, it's becoming completely creased, the skin. As Rashi says, Cain called derech oyer. This is what happens to every skin when it becomes heated. That it becomes wrinkled, it, be, it shrinks. And therefore, when the Pasuk says that the skin has become heated, so we don't even have to explain why that's such tremendous suffering, because as Rashi says, this is the derech of color, this is what happens to any time when skin gets heated, that it's going to become wrinkled, that it's going to shrink. So therefore, and so that explains to us already why that's such great suffering, why that's so painful. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why this posseg is the one that only comes at the end after the other two. Why? Even though it's a posseg, Loshen Mikra, but we just said, and seemingly exactly the same as in our parsha, Nichmeru, the problem, however, is since the word nichmeru in Oireinu Kesanur nichmeru, we just said, contains the idea that it's becoming wrinkled. So in fact, and that we said that's the whole point that the Pasuk is trying to say, that's the suffering. So now no longer could nichmeru necessarily be a proof that it's, it's translated exclusively as becoming hot, Perhaps Nichmeru, even if you translate it as related to heat, but the main focus of the word Nichmeru is more this idea of becoming wrinkled. And therefore this Pasuk itself wouldn't have been enough. The Rebbe now turns to what's called Yeinah Shal Torah, the wine of Torah, the Chsidis that we find in this Rashi. The Rebbe says it's explaining Chsidis. On this Pasuk, Vayimayr Yosef, Yosef Harid, Ki Nichmeru Rachmav al Ochiv, because his Rachmav, his compassion, became very heated towards his brother. Says Chsidis that Yidin are all called by the name of Yosef. Yidin are called Yosef sometimes. We have a pasuk in Tehillim, Noyeg Katsoin Yosef, that Hashem is leading Yosef, just like flocks. And Yosef over here, as Rashi explains, is referring to Yidin. So Yidin, Fayimahir Yosef, Yidin need to arouse compassion on the level of Binyamin. What does Binyamin refer to? Binyamin, as we know, is so-called because Binyamin is from the word Ben-Oini, the son of my sorrow. So this is referring to the great pain of Yeridas HaNashama. Binyamin referring to the Neshama, Ben-Oini, that has come down so low into the physical guf, into our physical body, and we need to arouse compassion on the godly spark that's in our soul. Says the Rebbe, this is all going to be hinted now in the details of Rashi on Kinichmeru Rachamov, we're going to have an exact, precise order of what happens with our Isboinanus, and we'll see how precisely accurate the order in Rashi over here is. What does Rashi do? The first thing Rashi does is he explains the word Nichmer, which means 
Nischamamu, it became heated. And then Rashi is going to give us different proofs, and the Rebbe is going to explain what each one adds in Avoidus Hashem. So number one, Nischamamu, it became heated. What does this mean? The first thing, there needs to be the Hizboinunus, as Rashi had, again in the previous Rashi, already discussed the whole idea of Yosef being concerned that Binyamin named his children because of his brother and the tsaris that happened, etc. So it says the Rebbe, this is all part of the process. Number one, there's a Hizboinunus, in Achi, in my brother, and all of the troubles that happened. What does that mean? The first thing is the Hizboinunus, in the special great Maila quality of the Neshama on its own, that it's on the level of Ochi, my brother, meaning it's always connected to Hashem. And then there's the Hizboinunus in Hatsaris and the troubles that had found him. In other words, the Hizboinunus, meditation, contemplation of the tremendous descent that it has. And as Binyamin is naming his children, one of them is Bela, because Nivla Bein Olmois, he was swallowed up amongst the nations, this is the Neshama, as it came down into the Gulf, into the Nefesh Bahamis, and even lower. Says the Rebbe, when a person is misboinen in all of these things, and as Binyamin names ten children, which represents the ten different levels within the soul, the ten Bechines, the ten faculties, these are, and these are all connected to the ten names that Binyamin is naming his children. This, what is this cause? As Rashi says, immediately, Nichmaru, immediately, his compassion is heated. In other words, the person's heart is becoming full with heat. Rish Pe'esh calls a fire with a true Emerson Marira's bitterness about his current state. What is this cause? This is Ma'orir, this brings about Hashem's compassion. Which the idea of rachem and compassion, its advantage over the midah of chesed over kindness is particularly in this idea that it comes with, with warmth, with fire. And the Rebbe explains that just like down here, midas ha chesed, the concept of chesed is one is giving chesed, one is giving kindness because, as it says, miteva toivlaet, if someone that's good has the nature to do good. However, it's called, chesed is often related to mayim, to water. In other words, it can all be coming in a cold way as well. Yes, you're giving, you're, you're, you're sharing, etc. But it's not necessarily with a fiery passion. What is gvura? Gvura is usually the one associated with fire, with coals of fire, etc. Very fiery. In fact, as a result of that, sometimes what can end up coming out is anger and similar strong emotions. Then there's the midah of Rahman is the idea of compassion. What is Midas HaRachmanus? That on the one hand, it's all about goodness and kindness as well, but at the same time, it's coming with a special warmth and fire, the blend of Chesed and Gvura. What is Rachamim? What is compassion? That the person sees the suffering, the pain of the other person, and as a result of that, his heart is becoming very, very fiery, warmed up. And therefore, he's having these feelings, feelings of compassion and empathy to the other person. And that will cause that the chesed now will be with fire, will be with a much greater drive than chesed had on its own. And this is in fact why Chesidus explains that Rachamim would be considered that intermediary um, faculty between chesed and gevurah because it includes both ideas. The Rebbe now moves on in the Rashi from the heating part itself to the different proofs that Rashi brings in Avoidus Hashem. Says the Rebbe, this is Oyerus Rachamim Rabim. And 
the effect that happens through it is now hinted, and what Rashi brings next, Koymer Shal this vessel in which, the, in which the olives are warmed, which means to say, as we said before, that the olives are put into this keli where they're warmed, and this will now produce the oil. What does this mean in Avoida? So we know that olives are bitter. And this is again referring to that bitterness that the person feels inside of his nefesh, which comes as a result of his izboinunus in his current state. And when it is in a way of koimer shalzeisim, what is koimer shalzeisim? That means to say that this bitterness, this warmth, this heat that he's feeling, how, how, how far he is, how bitter it is, etc. He's being mo'oyer rachamim, he's arousing that compassion on his soul, and it's also related to the idea of the olive being crushed. Again, he's feeling his lowliness. So what happens as a result of this? Now the oil starts pouring forth, which this is really referring to Kabayochal Hashem's midah of rachamim, Hashem's rachamim el which is called Shem and Hatoiv, also associated with Hashem's level of chachmeh and so on. What's the next stage? Rashi tells us the next example that Rashi brings is Michmar Bisra. Says the Rebbe, the next stage is that the Gili Elikus is that in his nefesh brings out a tremendous powerful Ava in his heart. Also in his Midois Shabalev. In other words, not only in his level of Chochmah, his higher faculties, but also in his Midois. Says the Rebbe, this is related to the idea of Michmar Bisra, the, the meat becoming warmed. The Rebbe explains this more in the footnote over here where the Rebbe explains that Bosor is related to coming from the dam, from the blood, etc., etc., all related to the Midas Shabalei, for more of that in the footnote. And then the Rebbe says, finally, the last proof is from uh, that, uh, about the skin becoming heated. And what's the skin? Compared to the flesh, and compared to the Moyach, obviously this is something much more external already. This is considered like a garment, a covering. So in other words, that this is not part of the essence of the person himself, this is not part of the faculties, this is a more external part. And yet even this part, his levushim, his outer garments, are also becoming heated as a result of this giluyor, says the Rebbe. And because this is all coming from this level of rachamim, which is that middle center um, kav, this all is poil that we transform, that rather than having a heat from the kind of hunger that we were speaking about before, this should all be a hunger in Kedusha, as the expression of the Navi, the Mashiach comes, there will be not a hunger to bread, nor thirst to water, but rather to hear the words of Hashem.